and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome back, everyone. Today, your hosts will be me and Caitlin. Yay! <laughs> We're so much alike. <laughs> you and Caitlin uh, accident- <laughs> unplanned read a book together and wanted to talk about it. Uh, so we're going to talk about a book today, and it's called Several People Are Typing by Calvin. I don't know how to say his last I've name. been looking up this. Thank you. K- uh, Kasuki, I believe. Kas- Kasuki, okay. Kasuki, not Suki, not your dog. <laughs> My dog did not write this book. I have no financial interest in this book, nor its promotion, <laughs> other than it's a fun book, <laughs> which is why we're going to talk about it. So... Yeah, Caitlin's like, uh, basically wrote in our group chat something along the lines of like, I'm reading this book, it's a trip. So <laughs> Those are I definitely went and- not my words. Something like that. <laughs> Do you remember exactly what you said? Um shit, man, I write if you want a lot in our Yes. Okay, no, I got the it if you want the weirdest book I have ever read to read. Check out several people are typing. So naturally, I checked out several people are typing. What Caitlin didn't tell me is that this book is queer. I thought that was self-explanatory. So <laughs> my next two messages are my brain hurts and I think I read 250 pages in two hours. Yes. So the book. Uh, so yeah, I read it and surprisingly it was queer. Thanks, Caitlin, for not spoiling it. And uh, so I was like, let's talk about it. Um, the book, yeah, it's a short book and it's super fast to read, mainly because the entire book is written in Slack messages, which if you're not familiar with what Slack is, it's kind of like Discord, if you're more familiar with that, where it's basically like an electronic platform uh, for communicating and you can have channels within the main group that lets you talk about different topics. And so... This book um, is basically a contemporary piece that's set in New York City. And we have our protagonist, Gerald, who's one of this, these white collar workers that work on this company on this Slack channel. And the story is told entirely through the messages of this company's Slack messages. And I think this story is very timely um, in terms of content, not just because it's queer for our, for our like, you know, this podcast, but also because of what's happening with the writer's strike in Hollywood with this big fear of like AI, artificial intelligence replacing humans. And that's kind of like the main crux of yeah. this entire story. So I think it's pretty timely and it's it's a good one to kind of talk about. So the story is basically um, a modern take on the melding of like physical existence, which has been the human norm since forever and the virtual existence and it's a cautionary tale of like the psychological impact when we lean too far into like virtual existence and that's depicted in the story by gerald our protagonist literally getting trapped in the company's slack server (laughs) i just (coughs) i'm done (coughs) caitlin's dying before we get too much into the book, 
I I have I think I found a short bio that Calvin wrote about himself, like who the author is. Yes. So Calvin Kosulki, sure, is a writer, podcast producer, and transsexual menace living in Brooklyn. Love it. Because I found this book through tr- the Trans Readathon Week. So Theora had us participate in that, and I saw this on a list. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. And that is how basically we got to this point. That's really awesome. Honestly, if, if you're a reader and uh, you want good book recommendations, honestly, like go look up the trans rights readathon hashtag. I found so many awesome books through that. Like, this is, I'm glad this is where that came from. It's awesome. Okay, you want to get get into the story? Sure. All right. So Gerald is basically living his uh, life in this kind of like company. And the tipping point for him when he gets like literally trapped in the virtual world, i.e. Slack, is when he opens this Excel sheet he's creating about coats because he's trying to buy a coat because he lives in New York where winter happens. And it's like winter actually when the, the story starts. And so he's he's try, he's trying to like open an Excel document and that's what like transports it in, which I was like, that's really weird and random. But then when I kind of thought about <laughs> when I thought it about relatable. it, okay, no, why did you find it relatable? I think I it is. I feel like it would be relatable to Julie too. Um. <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is where my brain went. That's my partner because I always have to look at like every little thing. Luckily, I don't have to make spreadsheets for everything, but I almost, when we were apartment hunting, made a spreadsheet and was, like, assigning points to each thing of, like, big must-haves and, like, little nice-to-haves, and it was just gonna... And I was like, no, you're gonna make it too big. (laughs) But, yeah, spreadsheets are great. I think they're great, but they're also, like... I think in the context of the story, it it is relatable, because we we do things like that now. Um, Whereas... Back in the day, you're just like, I'm cold. I need a coat. Can I afford this? That was the decision. Whereas now, I feel like we do this for a lot of different things without and without realizing what we're really doing is we're breaking down real life into data points. Rather than like experiencing the coat, we're like breaking down the coat into little pieces and like experiencing the coat like peripherally, if that makes sense. And so I think that that's, like, the start of, like, Gerald, like, not experiencing, like, quote, real life, the physical world. He's just doing it through this virtual medium. And I think that using Excel kind of in that format of, like, breaking down life into data points is something you do over and over and over again in, like, the modern workplace. And I think that was the the tipping point for him because he's not, you know, it's a metaphor for not experiencing life. And that was it. That's what transported him kind of into the into the Slack channel because he wasn't doing it for work. He was doing it for his own personal purchase, right? I'm going to buy a coat for me in my personal life. And now his personal life is becoming like work, which is like Excel sheets and stuff. And he's like, that's it in the in the Slack channel. I think that's kind of why that happened. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this book was relatable in very many, many ways. <laughs> Going back through it, the first time I read it, I had not used ChatGPT yet. Okay. Now I bring it up a lot because I have to use it for work. And as I was reading, I was like, well, shit. This thing is like exactly like it because it learns 
and then takes over everything. Yes. So, yeah. I think this is a human fear, kind of what Calvin's trying to, like, write in this story. But um, we'll get into, like, the the AI is also a character in the, in the story. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. So, anyway. So, once Gerald gets um, transported slash trapped in the Slack channel, he then has to explain to his coworkers he's trapped in Slack. And, of course, nobody believes him because who would? And I think this story also probably takes place after the pandemic, around the pandemic time, where, like, working from home is becoming more common with, like, you know, having a Slack channel to, like, still communicate without, like, physically being in an office. So he keeps using all this work from home time. And and, and then they're like, yeah, whatever, you're trapped in Slack, sure. And at first, like, Gerald finds the whole experience of being trapped in Slack as, like, freeing. Because if you're trapped, if you're just existing in the virtual plane, like all the mundane work that comes with like just being in the real world, like having a coat to go go outside or like paying rent or like cooking, cleaning, all of those things that just come with existing are just gone because he's just existing in the channel. So at first he's like, I'm so productive. I'm getting all this, this work done. And like, I, I don't sleep because I just live in this thing. And you know, it's kind of freeing. I don't have to think about all this other stuff that, like, come with existing. But, like, over time... Eight hours a day. I'm sorry. <laughs> huh? I feel like I wish I could do that for eight hours a day. No distractions. Right. Exactly. So, like, at first, he's like, this is great. I have no distractions. That's exactly right. And it's really sad when you think about it. You're just, like, when you think of existing as a distraction. You oh, know? shit. Well, that's something else to uh, talk about in therapy now. Thanks, Theora. <laughs> Well, it's true. Like, become like, you know, because like, you know, that's another thing in like, at least in America, because this takes place in America, the culture is very like work first, life second. And so I think that's another way he's kind of trying to say that, like, like being able to work all the time unencumbered is like, yeah, goals met, but then you're not like living your life kind of thing. And that's kind of what Gerald discovers, like as time goes on, because as time goes on, he starts like losing himself and starts becoming slack. Right. And then he's like, oh, uh, shit, uh, maybe this escapism isn't so great. <laughs> um, and through that process, when that starts happening is when he starts interacting with Slack bot. So do you want to explain what a Slack bot is? Is that like common? Yeah. I don't so, use Slack. What? I don't you use, use Slack. You don't work. use it. Okay. No. Yeah. So um, just like you see in our Discord, but for everybody. There's, like, different bots in Slack that will help you do things. So we have a birthday bot that will remind us of birthdays, um, like, time off bot. But Slack bot in general is just there to help you through it and remind you of things you can do. Actually, let me... I feel like I should have Slack up for this whole thing. <laughs> No, don't. This is your off time. That's the point, Caitlin. Oh, no. I need to do stuff this weekend. <laughs> this is why this book is relevant. Yeah, so Slackbot is just like, oh, here we go. There's Slackbot. Ready to streamline your channel list? Below are a few channels you rarely interact with. It might be time to say offer four. Okay, so basically it just helps you um, keep track of things. It told me that 
Danielle shared my private file. Wonderful. In a channel. So she did that twice. And then it says, you're here. Hello. To learn all about using Slack, click the question mark help icon in the top right corner of the app. Or you can visit the Help Center on the web. I do not want to see Help Center one more time. Oh okay, yeah, we'll get to that. I, so, however, am not a human, just a bot. A simple bot with only a few tricks up my metaphorical sleeve. But I'm still happy you're here. There we go. I did not expect to read that on here. So that's like a preview of what Slackbot in the book says. Because that's... So Slackbot, really what it is, it's it's an AI tool in the in the server basically that just regurgitates information like you can give it certain commands or like uh well i forget what they're called like rules i guess logical rules of things that it can look up in the server but it just regurgitates information that's really what it does i'm and sorry I love that it has to... you can sorry. communicate with slackbot <laughs> you really can so continue speaking uh I forgot what I was going to say. So anyway, so that's what it is. And so um, basically, Gerald um, starts feeling himself slipping away because he becomes more and more like the slack bot over time. And that's depicted by like the phrases that he keeps saying. So like the help center thing that kept coming up because the slack bot is essentially it's like a Google also in the uh, in the server where it can like help you find stuff. Right. Where it's like, I need help with whatever. And the slack bot would be like, cool, I can help you. Here's some, it'll search the server and be like, here's some suggestions. So Gerald starts like glitching over time and like his phrases get intermingled with like Slackbot phrases where it's like, I need you to, instead of help me, it'll say help center me because that's what Slackbot does. <laughs> and so, um, so basically, and I think what that's really trying to show you is that like um, the difference between kind of like virtual personalities like an ai like slackbot versus like the human personality that exists outside of the virtual medium is learning and what does that mean so and this is i think where the writer strike really comes in with saying hey part of their demands is like pay us which yes and another piece of that is do not feed my work to an ai machine like a chat gpt that will mimic my writing to make you television shows and then you can fire me and not pay me or like do not give me an ai script and ask me to just edit it which is an excuse to pay us less so they're trying to like get ai out that's of that's what like... the whole thing is yeah well it's, i'm actually it's about... not educated on it so so for those that don't know the right trick it's mostly about them actually getting paid because their contracts are based on like broadcasting syndication where like they it's almost like akin to in america like um waiters waitresses where they make below the minimum wage because the thought is they'll get that made up in tips which is really stupid and doesn't in europe that is not the case they just get paid a fair wage um but here we do it that way where the tips supplement the income and so with writers here television writers they get paid below what they should get paid with the thought of they'll make that money up in syndication which is when we i believe that's reruns. called royalties yeah, like royalties, but it was through that medium. But then when they switched to streaming, that contracting never changed. So the writers never made up that money. So they're getting paid below what they should be getting paid. And like a lot of them can't make rent and stuff. And they're like, I can't make this a career. So their union is involved to like get them wages where they can live. But part of that now is what's threatening writers and the pay is the AI, where they're like, well, we don't need to pay writers if we have chat GPT. So that's why it's, it's together in the writer strike right now. Those are the main two demands. 
So this you really do, time. unless you're going to get the same lessons of every episode, as we've seen in trying to write Theora's story. Yeah, so like, it, it's good, but it's not perfect, right? And and I think in this book, it, what it really highlights through contrasting Gerald and Slackbot, because they talk together, um, and then Slackbot later talks to other people um, when it becomes more independent, but um, there's limitations to it, because... The weirdest, okay, so I'll just jump ahead. The weirdest part of this book is when the, the body swap happens. <laughs> and uh, basically, Gerald's trapped, but then Slackbot becomes more, because Slackbot is like just trapped in the channel. And then Slackbot becomes more independent and kind of learns stuff and eventually takes over Gerald's body somehow. It's not explained and it doesn't need to be. And <laughs> it doesn't. And so Slackbot then starts impersonating Gerald, right? So this is what everyone's afraid of, right? The AI is going to replace me. And that's what's happening in the story where the AI is literally replacing Gerald. And his coworkers don't notice because again, like they're mostly interacting on this virtual medium. It's not face-to-face conversations. They're talking to each other through the Slack channels. And Slackbot, what Slackbot does is Slackbot has access to all the information in the Slack, like the Slack server for this company. And so it uses Gerald's phrases to like impersonate him. And so everyone's like, oh, that's how Gerald talks. Like, yeah, that's him, obviously. And the name says Gerald because Slackbot just changes his name to Gerald. And so everyone's like, yeah, cool. That's him. Um, And like Slackbot engages in like their inside jokes and just like is just mimicking Gerald. Right. And so it it's like fine for a while. But then the crux of the story, while it's like scary cautionary tale, it shows you the limitations of AI replacing humans, at least right now where we are in technology. And that's that Slackbot can't learn anything outside of the server. So if stuff happens outside of this virtual medium, Slackbot cannot learn. So Slackbot can only advance as much as the information in the channel lets it advance. So um, because of that, like it really can't impersonate Gerald because it can only mimic what it knows from the past because Gerald is not evolving. So after a while, they kind of figure out this thing is acting weird Um, because again, it uses weird phrases like, Hey, help center me. And like, (laughs) um, it ends up like, uh, it doesn't understand decorum outside of the channel. So like a B plot that's happening or C plot really is that these two other coworkers trip and Beverly start like having an affair with each other, basically. And like they fuck on the boss's desk and they're so stupid though. I understand why in the book, but they talk about it in the Slack channel and they're very much upfront about like, Hey, our boss has access to all of our, our messages, but because he's so busy, he's never going to read this, which is real life. They yeah. check your messages when something goes wrong, <laughs> not all the time. And so Slackbot again, has access to all of the messages. So accidentally outs them to the boss where it's like, Hey, I need help with my desk. I think Beverly and Trip know something about this because it's like using their exact phrasing and regurgitating it to everybody. And that ends up outing. So it shows the limits of like this AI, like it doesn't know how to behave like a human is kind of the thing. It can just, it's smart and it can regurgitate and impersonate, but it, it actually isn't you like, and it's kind of obvious. So I think that's like what the book's trying to show. I have a question. Are you planning on talking about Lydia at all? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, we can talk about her now, whenever you want. I was going to bring her up because I have, I have questions about, I was going to get through all the Gerald stuff and then talk about the other parts. All right, but let's it's... get, let's get through Gerald. Let's I'm just going to get through Gerald. 
because we're almost done. Um, another interesting thing that happens with Gerald um, is they have this like uh, sunset metaphor that happens where um, what happens? He yeah. Anyway, he gets basically this is what they bond over where Gerald's like, uh, I don't understand who I am anymore. Cause I'm trapped in Slack and Slackbot. This is when Slackbot's like learning, like, Hey, maybe I can take over your body. And like, I can escape <clears throat> my, uh, Slack existence. <clears throat> and he's like, Hey Gerald, have you ever been a, have you ever been a sunset? And he's like, what? Uh, I've seen a sunset. I haven't been a sunset. And Slackbot's like, cool. And then like, they like disappear from the channel. And Gerald later explains it to another character, Pradeep. And Pradeep is the love interest, spoiler, who is taking care of Gerald's body. Because remember, Gerald has a body. And, like, I don't remember how long this book, like, what time period. But it's, like, a while, this book, where he's trapped. And so Pradeep takes care of his body, which is basically, like, comatose. It's very strange. So he has to, like, feed him and, like, pay his rent and, like, do all this stuff. He it has to take over. It the- doesn't seem like he knew him before the book yeah. started. Yeah, I, I think, th- again, they just... It was interacting through the slack and then they start physically interacting with each other through this weird body swap thing that ha- that's happening where Pradeep is like keeping him alive, basically. Uh, and he explains it to Pradeep, the sun to set thing where he's like, he explains what a sunset is, where it's like, like experience. And I think this is a metaphor for like ex- actually experiencing something versus like peripherally experiencing something in in the virtual world so in the virtual world like he explains being the sunset as like um oh i forget what he says he basically says he basically was like getting all this euphoria it was like a euphoria he couldn't explain because he's like i was the sunset and i was like in multiple places across the globe because basically like Slackbot like made him a gif turned him into a gif for like a little bit of a sunset basically is what it was and so every time the gif got used in slack all over slack gerald like felt that and so he's like i felt like i was everywhere all at once and like i got this euphoria because like people were using me the sunset and it's so kind of like the euphoria you get through like twitter or like social media where like People validate you by like seeing your posts and liking it, interacting with it. That's what was happening to Gerald. He's like, I got all this euphoria from like people looking at me and like interacting with me basically through this medium. But it's like fleeting. And once it was done, it was done and I didn't feel anything anymore. Versus like when you see a sunset, Gerald explains, he's like, it's so like majestic. I can't even fully process the whole thing at once. It's just so much at once. And I take in what I can. um, And it's very indescribable. Like, actually experience a a sunset versus like people looking at you as the sunset so i think that was a really cool metaphor he had for like how you get euphoria from like virtual mediums versus like physical mediums who would have thought that sunsets are used so much i've never used a sunset gif i wasn't aware this was popular i've seen it it multiple times i think it's a slack thing probably maybe it's a slack thing i don't there's little like emoto like there's city underscore sunset that you can use. There are little pictures, like emojis. Emojis, yeah, yeah. So, that was that. <clears throat> and then in the end with Gerald, basically like Pradeep and Gerald confess feelings for each other. Now they have feelings for each other. Uh, and it's really cute and weird because like <laughs> the AI is trying to, exp- <laughs> trying to experience life. 
and wants to experience what Trip and Beverly have experienced. So Pradeep has sex with the robot <laughs> through Gerald's body, which is weird. I told you this story hurt my brain. It was crazy. Like, basically, like, Pradeep and Gerald talk about it. Gerald's like, that's kind of weird. This is kind of weird. But then, like, Pradeep's like, basically, he's like, I always had a crush on you, but I never, like, said anything. And, like, same thing with Gerald. So, like, the moral of the story here, and, like, this is what Gerald, like, really pushes him to, like, get the hell out of slack, is because the thing he was missing that made his life so mundane is he was just experiencing life virtually, peripherally, hence the Excel sheet, to buy a coat. And what really pulls him out of it is, like, the human interactions in the physical world that you can't really replicate, like, physical touch and, like, all this stuff with Gerald. And there's another character, is it Rob, who is one of the first ones to uh, to understand that, like, Gerald isn't the slack bot. So it's, like, people that know you for more than just, like, being a sunset, basically. Rob would make sense Um, with that whole thing. Yeah, and Rob is the Lydia plot, which we'll get into right after we finish Gerald. Um... But that's the the crux of the story. That's where AI can't really replace humans at this point in time with technology because they can't learn outside of their medium, um, and also like they can't they can't experience the sunset. They can only describe it to you. They can paint a picture of it. It's like that's really what he's trying to say. And so that's what that what he's missing in the virtual world is what like really pulled motivates Gerald to get out of it. And the thing that gets him out of it is the coat Excel sheet. He has to get the Slackbot to open the coat Excel sheet because what is Slackbot? Slackbot is real life broken down into data points. So he opens it and then like the body swap gets reversed and Gerald and Pradeep. It's very convenient. I feel like happy way too easily to switch bodies. But also like the Slackbot too was like, it couldn't cope with trying to exist because it, it doesn't know how to exist outside of its you know data haven like it didn't know what to do in real life like so it just it can't it can't work in the current formats that we have everything was literally the point of the story like i know the ai is scary and as a writer it's scary but like we're not at the point where they can actually replace you and and have it really truly be believable that's what calvin i think is trying to say with the story um yeah and then gerald and pradeep actually get to like live their happy little lives together which is great uh, so the queer people win. No one is harmed that is queer, just psychologically. We win with- for once. <laughs> we win. It's just psychological. Gerald is bisexual king. It's great. Um, all right. So Let's that was basically- You can't be queer without a little psychological damage. Exactly. So it, all of this tracks. Calvin knew what he was doing. <laughs> uh, anything you'd like to add for like the Gerald plot? Um, it still, it still hurts my brain. I'm really surprised that his body, like, stayed alive so long for, until Pradeep checked in on him. Oh my god, but, like, Pradeep was, so this book, I thought it was funny, too, like, a lot of the, like, Pradeep was pretty sarcastic and stuff, and, like, him kind of, like, curtly describing taking care of Gerald's body is hilarious. He's like, I had to get you diapers. So many diapers so many diapers you're dusty i had to like bathe you like oh like it's really funny like but yeah um, i don't it, I like at first, he... i didn't know gerald had a body hanging out like it's not explained till later and they're like oh yeah he has a body that's <laughs> being neglected <laughs> and he's like you're just like laying asleep on this computer it was wild but i love that he he only checked in on him because he won his desk Someone took over his desk and was auctioning it off because it was in a good location. 
had and a window. that's how the whole thing started with actually finding the body. But it's relatable, isn't it? They're like, hey, you're not using your desk. I'm going to use your desk. You have the <laughs> good desk. Domain. That's what I. That's how I learned what that meant. <laughs> nice. Speaking so, of yeah, dusty. Yes. Yeah, speak- oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. I guess we'll, we'll cover this before we go to Lydia. So one of the inside jokes for like the entire company and i don't i forget it doesn't matter anyway is anytime they don't like something or somebody says something they don't like or is doing something they don't like they use this i guess emoji and in the book you don't see the emojis like they like calvin just describes them for you in like uh colons to like be like this is a gif basically and describes the gif and so the name of this gif is called dusty stick so anytime they don't like something you see the this phrase dusty stick over and over and over again i don't have slack uh as far as i know i don't have an emoji on my phone for a dusty stick so like i i wanted to ask caitlin what on earth were you picturing in your brain every time this came up, Dusty? Because we have the actual answer because we looked it up before we recorded. But like, what were you picturing in your brain when you saw Dusty Stick? So at first, I think I was literally picturing a stick that had just like dirt on it. Yes, it <laughs> I was like, this and is then, a weird metaphor. <laughs> when I saw the photo, I <clears throat> I saw something different than you. I thought it was just a stick that you like hit furniture with, and then like the dust comes out of the furniture. <laughs> The wand, dusty wand, yeah, that produces dust. So what it actually is, yeah, I was also picturing just like a stick that had dust on it. It's a thing. It's a dusty stick is a thing. That's so weird. Uh, if you don't, if you know what a dusty stick is, congratulations. If you don't, it's basically like it is a stick that has like material. Sorry, it has material at the end for collecting dust. Like it's a dust. Like I call it a duster. Or you just, like, clean blinds or whatever. I didn't know that's what it was called. So I didn't know what the hell they were talking Also, how is that something bad I don't like? I don't, I don't understand that I either. I don't know. But- it doesn't look like what you're talking about. Let me... I sent it to the wrong chat, but... <clears throat> I can't believe Dusty Stick is an actual thing. I had no idea. I'm glad I checked. I'm glad you checked, but again, in I, I'm glad to know that in our brains, because we had no idea we were picturing uh, a stick that had dust on it. I sent dusty stick this? to Slackbot. It it did nothing. That's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, if you use a dusty stick, congrats. But <clears throat> okay, but then there's a part in the book, Caitlin, where they're like trying to tr- go ahead. Why are you smiling? I was looking up dusty stick. Okay, we're done with the dusty stuff. I'm sorry! <laughs> Apparently it's a thing. I'll tell you later then. Okay. Um, there's a part in... The, okay, so that's how, like, in the book, because it's through Slack, they don't show you the gift. They just, again, they're like, colon, dusty stick, colon again, to signify. There's a part in the book where, like, after Slackbot outs Trip and Beverly, where I, I don't know what they're doing, but they're trying to, like, trick the Slackbot or something where they're not, like... Sh- spelling out the full word dusty stick they're spelling out like parts of the words in the in the colons and i don't know what that means because in my brain i'm like isn't this supposed to be a gif why are you like they would like screw up the letter orders and like i didn't know what they were trying to do what do you mean there's there's a part towards the end of the book where instead of writing out dusty stick they would write like 
D-U-S-T and just keep that in the colons and then like Y stick and like separate it instead of like, I don't know what they were trying to do there. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was weird. But like the Slack bot didn't know what was going on. So it'd just be like, great. Thanks, friend. But like answering like a bot would even like, whereas Gerald would be like, what the hell are you guys doing? This is weird. I don't know. I thought it was weird. It's um, not important. Well, no, it's it's kind of it's in my head now. So just so you know, I found the article that I was like, I haven't read it yet, but I did read a part that uh, Vice, I think that's a magazine or something. Yeah, uh, they news. use Dusty Stick a lot in their Slack ma- messages. And Calvin wrote for Vice. So it just makes sense on why that's a thing in the book. That's funny. So I thought that was relevant to share. And if you're very curious, at the end, I will explain more. Because I'm now just invested in this freaking dusty stick. Who would have thought that this would be the main takeaway? I mean, we're on the dusty stick topic. You might as well. Um... Its origins are obscure, its purpose is unclear, and its meaning is hotly, viciously contested. We here at Vice have been using it for years, but unbeknownst to us until very recently, we don't have all the same conception of what it means. Alright, so it's a long... It's a long thing, but that's all you're gonna get right now. Just Google Vice Dusty Stick if you want more information. Yes, yes, actually, yeah, that's it. What is the Dusty st- Stick Slack emoji? What does it mean? <laughs> it means whatever you want it to mean. Fairly. All right. So speaking of weird shit that went on in the Slack world, there's Lydia. So to kind of set up the weird thing that happened with Lydia, um, basically what I don't understand what this company does. To me, it's like the contemporary version of like, the main job that was happening for like people. Whereas like if this was a hundred years ago, they would all be working in factories. This would be a factory job, like the factory workplace. But this now is a PR like, company. Yeah. This is like white collar work where they're not producing stuff. It's like communications is basically what they're doing. You don't make stuff like in a factory. You're just communicating for basically people doing that, make, my job. that make stuff. Yeah. So this is like the new factory job basically. Um, and so they're all working on the big campaign they're working on is this dog food company that poisoned Pomeranians. And they're trying to like PR their way out of this, basically. And so that's where Lydia comes in. Bjork. I, I guess. I don't know. It's like Swedish for bark, I guess. B J A R K. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. You want to talk about Lydia. Take it away. Oh, Lydia. I'm still on Bjork. I know. I'm sorry. Let's go. Lydia. Lydia, Lydia. Lydia and the wolves. That's that's all I remember with Lydia. Um, So Lydia... Seems like Rob's boss, to be honest, or like at least the leader of the dog food company. And she's asking things. I'm just be like, it's very positive in the things, but she's always talking about the howling that she can hear. And then Rob will respond, but then everyone else will ignore her. 
And I all when I was reading the first time, I was like, this is so weird. Why are they they're being so mean to Lydia? They're just like not noticing that she's there. And at the end, Rob is talking about, has anybody heard from Lydia? And like every I, I don't even remember if Gerald remembers Lydia. No. Well, Gerald was doing his own thing. So for context, Rob and Lydia were like working on this campaign together. And Lydia's like, hey, here, like, it starts with like the memo getting lost where Rob's like, well, where's the memo about this Bjark thing or whatever. And Lydia just like, I think part of it was trying to show you in the beginning is like the way people aren't really communicating on these channels. And so like, they're not like directly communicating with each other because like Lydia would never fully answer Rob and like Rob would ask her a bunch of questions and she would never really answer him. And then like in the main groups, like Caitlin was saying, like Lydia would say stuff and everyone would ignore Lydia. Um, But also like he wrote, Calvin wrote the book kind of like real life where like one person's typing while the other one already answered. So like the messages are kind of out of order sometimes. Like somebody will answer, ask a question, three other people will message and then the other person will answer it like three messages. So it's like, it fits like Slack would actually read, but in reality, they're ignoring Lydia for a reason. Only Rob can see her for some reason. Um, Well, yeah, see the messages. Right. Only Rob sees the messages yeah sees her sees the messages however she's supposed to be working in the office so i don't get that either well that's the thing people are uh, so okay yeah so no one knows who lydia is and rob's like yeah no she uses that desk and then everyone's like no that desk is always empty and he's just like assume she's always working from home because again like it's a commentary on this type of job where like most of the interactions everyone's having is in the slack channel not in there they have a physical office where they come in but they don't really interact with each other in the physical office. They're interacting on the Slack medium. So like, it's a commentary about, even though like we exist in the real world, we're still like always existing in this virtual experience, even at work when we are in the same room with each other. Right. So then no, so that's why Rob's like, I didn't think it was weird because like, I don't see my, like, I can relate to this totally. Like, I work at a hospital, but like a lot of my coworkers I interact with, I've never met. I only interact with them on our, like our team's channel. That's our like, slack version so like i've never met these people but i've talked to them on messages so if like you told me this person didn't really exist i wouldn't know because i i only talked to them in this channel um so rob finds out like later that like lydia basically is a bot too like a bot manifestation um so that's why she doesn't exist i don't know why he can see her messages Um, i was thinking that lydia was like a version of slack bot like i think so too i think it's lydia and like slack bot was practicing with lydia yeah but i also wonder if lydia was a real person Mm -hmm. and got the same thing but she's like gone gone yeah so yeah it it was lydia was slack bot in person or slack impersonating somebody else and where lydia comes from rob finds out later so again this whole their whole conversation starts with where's the memo about this project we're working on with the dog food and they want you to make copies, which I don't know what that means. So basically copy is, you know, all the social media posts, each sure. one, each social media post is a copy, like just the okay. words written. So a blog post that's copy for this blog. Okay. And so I don't under- fully understand this part too, but they had like three people. So those, they are wanted- the, those are the customer personas. So those are the people that they are targeting with their marketing message. See, I didn't re- realize that like this wouldn't make sense to people because this is what I do. 
Yes. So yeah, each one is a buyer persona and you do that so you can better understand what people you are trying to target. So when you're writing copy, you're targeting it better and it'll have better engagement with the people you want to actually interact with. I think though the problem with the memo is that two of the people were actually real people and the third wasn't. And so like the memo goes missing and then what, so Rob's like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then Lydia, the bot sends Rob basically the copies and like two of the people, it's like this weird story where like, which we find out they're real later because Rob outs all of them on social media and solves the problem, which you shouldn't do (laughs) as a PR company. But like one of them's like a real person, doesn't have a dog, is like a social justice warrior. And then you find out she's mad at the second person because they like had a boyfriend in common or some shit. And so she's trying to poison her dog or something. It's something like that. And then the third person, like Lydia sends it and it just says like three, like as the name. And then it has a couple of bullet points. Um, But we find out at the very, very end that the third person was a persona, like you're saying, this makes more sense now to me named Lydia and the bullet some of the bullets were missing because Lydia the bot removed them and like was mimicking these personality traits so they said something like oh this person is overly enthusiastic uses multiple exclamation points which if you go back and read her messages with Rob she's always writing like yeah two exclamation points this two exclamation points so the bot was just mimicking the persona to come off like a person um and so something in like a few weeks since I huh? read this, I it's been a few weeks since I've read like the entire book. So as you're saying this, it's all coming back to me. So yeah, Slackbot basically just chose Lydia to uh, be a human and then was like, this isn't enough for me. I want to be in the real world and then targeted Gerald. Targeted Gerald. Yeah, exactly. So they were, Rob was the original guinea pig. And, uh, um, and I guess like, I guess Lydia was like, his slack bot and only that's why only he could see the messages and like when lydia left the group only rob could see it only rob could at lydia and like anyway um so that makes more sense to me too i was trying to figure this this is the part of plot you don't figure out till the end um and, and anyway you're the, like what the hell happened yeah because lydia gets weird and like it's the same thing that happens with uh the slack bot that impersonates gerald like over time the slack bot starts fracturing because it doesn't actually know how to exist outside of regurgitating information which is what it's it's an ai is is designed to do or uh programmed to do and so lydia has trouble interacting with like rob because over time she the the bot is trying to mimic the bio and part of the bio says something about always hears howling and so over time lydia's messages get more deranged where she's like the howling is everywhere i am the howling i feel it deep in my bones and like rob is reading this going like what is happening with lydia and he's like you live in new york city what howling could you possibly be talking about? There's no howling outside your apartment. Like, so it sounds like she's going crazy at her job, which like also relatable. But really it's because the bot is going crazy because it doesn't know how to exist as a person. And it's like failing. So I think you're right. I think that was Slackbot's first attempt. And then Slackbot's like, crap, maybe I need the body, like the physical body to like actually experience this. And that doesn't go well either with Gerald. There'll be messages where pretty like you're sitting really weird because <laughs> like Slackbot doesn't know how to sit. Like, imagine <laughs> only existing in the virtual world, then you come out and there's all these other things that you don't think about because you all we always exist in our bodies. Like, what the computer would have to learn and how the hell would it learn it? There's no manual for like how to sit in a chair. Like, 
Well, we there just is, learned. but you, there, there technically is. No, but I mean, like, there's no, like, I mean, where would the Slack bot really find this? Um, it wouldn't know. It's not ChatGPT. It doesn't have the internet's knowledge. It has only the Slack Correct. That's what knowledge. It, that's what it's showing. But even, like, even the ChatGPT, which can access everything, like, you cannot access the full human experience is what the story is trying to say, like, and piece it all together um, and have it be believable, like, right away. Like, the the compute, the, the Slack bot was struggling. It didn't know how to sit in a chair. It, it like... It, the first time it tasted food, it was like, this is really cool, but it ate too much and it had like crazy indigestion. Like, it's like things you don't think of, like the Slack bot has to learn. Um, so Some anyway, people are Lydia, still learning that one though. Yeah, so so Lydia was like chatbot, uh, Slackbot's first attempt. But like the messages from Lydia are just like so weird when you're reading this and you're like, what is wrong with Lydia? There's just, how she's just going on and on about this howling and you're like, is Everybody she losing her mind? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he, and then Rob's and everyone's like, who the fuck is Lydia? And he's like, Lydia was the one who was directing me what to do with this project. What do you mean, who's Lydia? I thought she was my boss. Like, <laughs> but it's really funny that technically <laughs> and, Slackpot was running the entire project. The project. <laughs> but like somehow Rob was put in charge of the whole thing. So like, <laughs> I don't. I want to know more about Lydia. Yeah, because it, it just, it comes in at this, like, in the middle of this campaign. It doesn't, like, yeah, explain it, but it's hilarious. I feel like the things hell? happened and progressed really quickly at times, and I would have liked more of, like, why the hell did that happen? But. Yeah. And then I don't know what was going on with Doug. So Doug's the boss. And Doug would have his own private Slack channel where he would just like write lists of shit he has to do. And what's always on his list that I find hilarious, he's like, get pairs, get the good pairs, get better pairs. I'm like, what is wrong with Doug? <laughs> we sure Doug's okay? <laughs> There's also funny side plots going in there too. So I think it's Carolyn is like the, I guess like Doug's in charge and then like Carolyn's like second. And she's the typical manager who has no time for anything. And she's always in a meeting, always running the meetings. And <laughs> Doug always has, and then a side plot you find through Doug's like weird messages. He like his list, to-do list or whatever, is that she has like this, I don't know, reptile that has babies. And like, he's always like, look, he's like, Carolyn offered me one of these babies. Look into what this thing is. And then by the <laughs> end, he's like. <laughs> right note declining stink babies or whatever it's just like this weird random thing oh, that the happens stink babies the stink babies <laughs> anyway it was, i thought it was funny it's like this weird like plot that's not discussed it's just through his messages or just like, fucking funny. but like that's what life like on slack is like you know yes i do know <laughs> yes okay so that's basically the book um <laughs> and so i wanted to ask caitlin who works from home works through slack like how was it reading this but i tried to explain this book to like my wife and she's like this is literally my job i'm not reading this <laughs> so, this is my job <laughs> i do this every day julie and so, i would get along very well <laughs> yeah she's she works with data like literally is an excel master like so like this is literally her well not pr stuff but like Anyway, being so on Slack. If your wife is ever lifeless on her computer. I think she would love living in Slack, to be honest. And just doing data. But then all the she time. wouldn't have Kinja. I mean, and you. That's but, true. And Suki, that's but true. Kinja. 
the, the her dog is what would bring her out of really the slack. Anyway, so Caitlin, how was this book? How relatable was it? Um, pretty relatable. I used to work in the office, but the office only had about seven people at most. And usually it was only like four who would actually show up each day. Because my boss hates work from home, which ironically, we now all work from home. I think it's really dumb, but anyway. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I do find it difficult just because I haven't figured out my focus yet. Need more help with that area. But I, we have about 40 some employees and I only know about five of them. Oh. Like personally? Yeah. But I only talk to one. See, people have gotten fired. That's not part of this. But like, so I really only talk to my boss. I only know my boss, really. And it's very odd. And I just muted the channels where everybody's talking because I find it difficult to get to know them. I, we're spread all around the country. So it's not like we're ever going to really see each other. And to be fair to them, they really do try to get people to like know each other and really connect. So we have a, the first day I got on here, I saw a not safe for work channel. I'm like, that's so what? random on, on a Why? company channel. Yeah. It's just for anything not related to work. So basically that cute channel that they have in this book, yeah, in the story. you would put it in not safe for work. And at some point, one of the person, uh, the person that I know from the office, put in Miley Cyrus's The Climb music video. Why? I have no idea. So it, Slack can be so random. <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell is happening? And I do, I relate to Trip Beverly, not in that way, but the way that you talk about things that you don't want, like, the, the big people to know about. Because Danielle, and if you've watched our channel in the Motherland reaction video, you know who Danielle is. She used to work at the company, and most of our messages contain... Can Ryan see this? Should we, should we go off and just text each other? So there's... Yeah. There's certain things you don't want to say through Slack, but most of the time they just don't check. Because really, who has the time to check everything? Yeah, so, like, I think the way Calvin wrote it was super relatable. And, like, it the Lydia thing, too. Like, somebody just going crazy and messaging random shit in the Slack. Like, I feel like that is actually relatable. And you wouldn't find that weird, really, off the cup. Because, like you said, people just ro drop random stuff in group chats all the time. And you're just like, sure. I kind of want to use Dusty Stig on every single post now. And just know, see if right? anybody comments on it. <laughs> Dusty stick. Dusty oh stick. my god. Okay, so right now my boss wants monsters on every deliverable that I give him. So like he has a book coming out, he wants monsters on the cover. The publishers just said no. Uh we have a podcast coming out. He wanted the monster as the mascot. So I gave it to him. So now whenever he wants monsters, I'm just gonna use Dusty Stick. Dusty Stick. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I used the grimace face on one of them. Oh, that's a cute kid. Sorry, I got distracted. Don't go to not safe for work. No. <laughs> no. Don't do it. It's filled with dogs and babies and tattoos. Uh, 
Yeah. I think that makes sense. I just saw monsters in there and that I'm getting out of it now. It's, it's enough headaches it. during the work week. <laughs> okay. So basically, yeah, Slack is weird. The book is weird. Perfect match. Okay, other thing I wanted to ask. So, like, the book has, like, I read it on, like, Kindle or whatever. It has its own, like, group guide questions. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask something that uh, from this list that I thought was interesting. So it asked one question about, like, Slackbot. And it's like, did you see Slackbot as a villain? What do you think about that? I, I thought about that one. Because at the end, like, you're, it's supposed to be, like, the antagonist of the story. Right. That's the word, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But really, it's just trying to learn. Like, that's what it's meant to do. Yeah. And sooner, there is plausibility, and I think it's hard to say, like, oh, it wants to be human, when, like, it hasn't actually happened, and, like, these things are, like, fictional, but... I mean, I guess it could, just like when we were talking about The Last of Us and, like, that could actually happen. Things that we never thought could happen have already happened. Uh, yes, so, we're living in precedented times all, like, I every week. I don't know. Do you think that- I don't think it up- was trying to be a villain. I it agree. wasn't trying to do any harm. Totally. Except take over Gerald's body and trick well, him. Okay, into it, it, okay, wait. It kind of did, though, in a way. Yeah. I, where it was like, okay, there's a. We didn't talk about this, but there's a part where like Slackbot, after Slackbot like does the body swap, basically tries to get um, Doug, the boss, to like reset the Slack channel to trap Gerald and Slack. So there is that plot where he's like, "Hey, Slack is acting weird. Help center, or whatever." But you and know what? Doug's- I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll like send send it to like reset once it. Or it beca- once Slack gets human form and stuff, then it becomes very villainish. Yeah. So, but like people. No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's an interesting question to ask because you're right. I think that Slackbot is set up as the antagonist, but like I don't know. Maybe I'm just super desensitized to like villains and like what is a villain really. Um, where, like, yeah, Slackbot is the antagonist to Gerald, but, like, is Slackbot bad? Like, you would associate a villain? Or is, like, Slackbot trying to just live its life and trying to, like, do what Gerald was doing, escapism? Like, is it really is it really malicious? I mean, at the end of the day, we are not AIs, so we're not going to know that experience. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I would not want to, I mean, Gerald knows. So, like, Gerald, Gerald, if Gerald was a real person, Gerald can I, speak on this. Okay, I think Gerald thought Slackbot was evil because he was like, fuck you at the end. Like, he tried to take my body. So, like, yeah, Gerald probably saw it as a villain. But, you I know, like... At the end, it, the, all the actions were pretty villain-like. But... Yeah. That was, that's a really hard question. Yeah, because I think the broader question is, like, is AI the enemy to humans? If if an AI could do that, like, take over your body and, like, trap you in the computer and just move on with its life, could AIs be the villain? Like, will we get the Terminator situation where, like, AI is, like, <laughs> destroying AI humanity? is very you know? tricky because in some totally. ways it helps a lot with work. But then you're going to have people who 
think that it can just replace workers, which it might cut down on jobs, but I don't think it could ever replace because you still need people to know what's right and wrong. We have someone who works with us and they call him Brain with a capital AI because his name is Brian and he That's knows funny. chat GPT inside and out. He's been uh, teaching the whole company how it works and how to use it effectively for our own jobs. So I forgot where I was going with this, which is something I say in every single episode. You're basically saying like AI can't replace the human. So yeah. It, it, so he yeah. said, remember that our company is very, has human in our mission. Uh, this AI, it will try to lie to you because it'll think that things are true, but you still have to like, validate and make sure go through things. I asked this, I used it to write a blog and it took like, five to ten tries and I still had to piece it together to make it actually cohesive in what I wanted it to be. So it's it's a tool. It's a helpful tool, but I, mean, I hope it never gets to the point where it tries to take over bodies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's hope we don't get into a Terminator situation or body swapping. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's kind of like AI is a tool and it's kind of like to go back to like a hundred years ago, this would have been a story about working in a factory. And what is working in a factory like now? Like technology took over most of the jobs that the physical people had. And the goal was to like make it better for the people because it's safer because like, you know, robots are more efficient and like people used to like lose their limbs and die in these dangerous jobs. But now all of these people don't have jobs. So like, I think AI is another tool that will be incorporated into like the white collar work now, which is like the factory job is this communications job, but like it can't at this point in time replace everybody but it likely will replace some people just like machines replaced people in factories the factories made their money back from that they used to purchase these machines by not having workers comp <laughs> yeah by firing people and giving all the money to the few people that remained mainly the guy who owned everything so yeah like and that, and that brings us back to the writer strike, which is why the writers are like, you're not going to replace us because we have tried uh, using chat GPT to write stories and like, they're okay, but like, they're not they're super just something funny to laugh at They're but they're not like, they don't, uh, at least from our experience at this, at this point in time, the chat GPT, it didn't have the depth of like what a human could come up with. Because again, it can only regurgitate what you tell it to regurgitate, you know? And if you, you can't tell it everything. And you can't uh, just tell so it, you know. people who like may know it and use it very well are listening. We didn't train it at all. We gave it a short prompt, didn't give yeah. it any background info. These writers that you really need to be able to train it, give them missions. So uh, the person I was talking about, like trained th what they work on our entire mission statements like history and just gave them a bunch of data to work with already so it takes a lot to make it smart enough to do what you need so yeah i have a question for you from this absolutely thing. what you got so number two the novel is written entirely in slack messages how did this unique format affect your reading experience Ooh. Well, first of all, it made it faster to read. Because if you had a novel that was like 250 pages, uh, it would take a lot longer to read it. So it was a quick read, which I really liked. And I liked that it 
uh, it the way Calvin wrote it, it read like a Slack message. So you kind of almost have to be used to like big group chats to like read this because which we are. It, which we are. And if you're not, I can see this as being a frustrating reading experience. Whereas normally when you read a narrative, it's like everything flows from like sentence to sentence. Whereas in a realistic giant group chat, it doesn't read like that. It reads when the person hits send to like the message and you could have multiple message in between. So like, I thought it was fine because I'm used to working on these platforms and I'm, I'm used to working on something like reading like a Slack where it's like, you know, the the answer you're looking for could be like five messages later because of when several people are typing at once, like the messages just come in when they come in. So something uh, that they before, yeah. but just like Slack goes, something that they didn't put in this book, but is able, you have threads, which I find actually more frustrating. So it doesn't go like linear in the main channel. You you have to open the thread within that one message because you can, oh, when you reply that to so that annoying. one message- it's it pisses me off, but you can also send it to the main channel. So I don't yeah. know, but I hate Thank the threads. Yeah, and then you have to no. go to the threads tab to see when people respond, and it's annoying to me. Yeah, I think that would definitely have not worked in the book. Um, no. But other than that, I liked it. It broke up the book, and I thought it was a really interesting way to like get to know these characters like Doug in his private channel where he would just literally it's to his to-do list and so you like learn stories through this type A's like to-do list like pairs buy pairs buy fancy pairs buy better pairs like it was just like hilarious like this weirdo like clearly never has time and oh my god the the other plot with Doug where like Beverly and Tripp basically have sex on his like movable desk and ruin his desk and so he thinks that the <laughs> cleaners are it's sabotaging his desk so he like makes messages to like pay them give them tips pay them more get on their good side like all of this it's really funny so like i i liked it i like the channels and you and it wasn't it gave the writer the flexibility to tell multiple people's point of views just by going to the channel so you like you knew what was like it's like cute group so like you kind of like were primed for like what was going to happen and like trip and beverly's group where like you found out about them because they were messaging each other whereas if you only had gerald's perspective it would have been weird so, like, I thought it really worked. Um, and, you know, I, I, I thought it was fine. I liked it. And and because you only, you jump from channel to channel, like, the it breaks up the book, too. So you can just, like, read what was in that channel. And then, like, I read it, like, waiting for coffee, like, in between stuff in my day. So I could just, like, read the channel and then close it and then open up another channel next time and read it and close it. So it was a – it fits in the modern world. So I found it efficient to read it. And I kind of liked it for like it, it for like uh, what the book was about personally. I'm a person who starts a book and just kind of wants to finish as much as possible at once, and just so I don't read a little bit at a little bit. I, as you know, because I've complained about this a lot, I don't do well with exposition. So this book was all basically dialogue, so yeah. I was able to read it more. But having I found myself like reading too fast. So then I would have to go back and be like, who's that? If you ask me about the different characters who may not have been as big in the book, I, I couldn't tell you who they were just because I yeah. was reading the messages so quickly. But it, it did feel a little weird, but I understood it because I do work in this and especially with the marketing, which I didn't realize that that would be confusing for people. 
Yeah, like, I didn't know what they were talking about. I was just like, I assume this is some communications. Because they don't explain it. They don't explain. It's just like their channel's like NYC company. They don't explain what they are. They don't explain what they do. They're just like, we're copying. We're doing this. I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. I but think sure. Rob it's a modern had workplace. <laughs> write 100 social media uh, posts. And as soon as I read that, I was like, huh. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I hate this so much. I feel your pain, Rob. <laughs> Gerald, go help him. Totally. So like, I think it, it is a very relatable book if this is your job. And I think it's easy to read. Like I don't work in Slack, but I, I, you know, we run a discord server, which is similar. Like, and I work, you know, I, and I, I'm a, I'm an essential worker. Like I, throughout the pandemic, I physically had to go to a hospital. There was no virtual working in a hospital for my job. So like, I have to have that person interaction all the time. I have to physically be there. So like parts of it weren't relatable, but I could, empathize with the situation and the format made sense to me but like if I had no baseline for what slack was or what discord was if I didn't you know regularly interact in group chat formats I could see this being very difficult to read personally I'm just thinking like there's just names on our slack that you just you don't hear from you don't see them in meetings the sometimes that I'm like Lydia are they a Lydia? <laughs> because like, there's something I'm like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. So again, like the whole thing is relatable if you have a baseline for this story. But I feel like, like if I tried to have my mother read this, who's never used any of these things, she'd be like, what am I reading? I hate this. Oh my God. I should do that. <gasps> I should have my grandmother read it. Do it. Yeah. Caitlin's grandma is a big reader. Yeah. I'll have to see. You gave her a book recommendation. I'll see if she read it. She loves book recommendations. So if anyone has recommendations for her, she'll read it all. She loved uh, Big Swiss. I I would love to get your grandma's take on Big Swiss. (laughs) Should we invite her in that episode when we finally talk about it? No, I think I was going to see if Brie wanted to do Big Swiss because I know she got the book. But yeah, like I I would love film something about your grandma. Like if she's cool with it. I want her take. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's in my documentary. She's totally cool with being on camera. Yeah, I want her take because that's amazing. Big Swiss was super fun. I promise we will talk about Big Swiss. I know that was supposed to be our next book club. And now there's this book. Surprise. This isn't really a book club. This is just us. Yeah, I just read it and I was like, Caitlin, you didn't tell me it was queer. Let's let's talk about this book. It was interesting. And I thought, again, timely because like the writer strike and it's it's relatable to what's going on um, in the world of media. Like we said off camera, it's queer, but then it's like very little queer but then it's qu- I don't know it's like very I mean, again quick. it was just it was quick and it was just again it was just part of life that wasn't the main point and like yeah. I appreciate like I was surprised by it and I was like great love it I love it more now I don't know if I knew about that relationship when I started I just knew that the author was trans so that's why it worked for trans readathon yeah like love it anyway but so you can tell pretty quickly when he's like yeah the beard works for you it highlights your cheekbones yeah there's what's yeah there's like hints later where you're like what's going on here (laughs) because like their first interactions Pradeep and uh uh Gerald on the slack channel are just like these like quippy sarcastic like you wouldn't know you know out of context it's hard like is you don't realize like it's like negging flirting a little bit until later when you're you have a context where you're like oh okay that's what's happening 
So I love it. I thought it was a fun book. It's super easy to read. We just spoiled the shit out of it. <laughs> we did. So if you just... read, maybe we should tell them to read it first. Is that Brave Quail? That is Brave Quail. <laughs> well, no, that's actually just a regular vacuum. <laughs> Brave Quail is gone. Brave Quail is uh, Theora's Roomba. Roomba is Roomba. You said it's yeah. gone. What do you mean it's gone? Oh, Julie took it to go clean while we were doing. Oh, this. okay. I thought it was gone. Gone. I'm like Brave Quail cannot uh, be gone. No, I would. I would be <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> it was gone. I love that robot. See, AI is great as a tool. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Anywho, yes, so okay. Much. Is there anything else you'd like to say about this book before we wrap this up with our hydration scale? No, but I'm starting to love Dusty Stick even more. So I know we're gonna we're gonna bring it into our group chat and uh, <laughs> with no we're context gonna... and see what Bree says because Bree has not read this book. I'm gonna see if it's in Discord or like put it in our Discord and just start using it before start this episode comes out. Yes, <laughs> again and just Bree's not gonna listen to this, so like she won't know. You guys will <laughs> yeah, be in on not. it, everyone. She's not gonna know. <laughs> we'll wait know how that goes. Don't All right, tell her. so. Uh, in honor, of, don't tell her. In honor of a uh, Calvin, we will use the our non-binary trans hydration. So, how many cups of coffee would you drink would for you trans non-binary Jesus? Huh? Or how, how much would you caffeinate for? How many cups of caffeination? Caffeination of your choice. Sorry. Um, I give it a six. Me too. Me too. Me too. I thought it was a. F- I liked the format. Honestly, it made for a very easy read. It was, yeah. you know, if you if you're not somebody who does well with reading, and like, I thought it was helpful that it was in digestible pieces. It yeah. was absolutely wild. You were correct. Um, it was fun. I just thought it was a fun story, and uh, the fact that it was queer was also just a nice bonus. Honestly, I have trouble with reading and picturing things. So, like, I usually just throw out all the descriptions that were given to you and then just create a world of my own that probably looks nothing like what the author Intended. wanted you <laughs> to see. So having this not have to really picture things exactly how it's, it's messages. So it was definitely easier for me and a lot easier to read. Yeah, it was a very quick read. Yeah, cool. So check out uh several people were typing i first i was like several people were typing or several people are typing i apologize (laughs) i don't know if several people were typing (laughs) they were typing because we read it we're typing is a sequel when ai has fully taken over yeah that's that's the secret just the slack bots messaging each other Uh, it's like like a dual and we're making this a duology where like the people were typing in the first book and then what was the bots doing in the background we need to contact Calvin, Calvin and ask him yeah. to write several <laughs> well, people we'll over time. <laughs> Please write this, make it as a duology. Uh, is that right, what cool. it's called? Yeah, a duology is like where you have a, it's it's not really a sequel because it doesn't follow it. It's what was happening at the same time oh. from another character's point of view. So like the duology would be, That's what, what was Slackbot doing? Yeah. Got it. Exactly, sense. exactly, exactly. Cool. So we hope this was entertaining. Um... And uh, we'll see you next time when we have uh, some other topic we're going to talk about. I have a couple I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm trying to wrangle a friend of mine to do... Taylor Swift! Yes, Taylor Swift. She's like an expert on Taylor Swift (laughs) lyrics. I'm not kidding. 
she's going, she's uh, really going through it right now. Uh, family, death in the family and things like that. Um, so maybe next month. So she, we're going to talk about uh, queer themes in Taylor Swift songs. So not a commentary on the sexuality of the artist. It's just about her music and why queer people love it, basically. However, I have a friend who has a whole presentation on that topic yeah no you can find Gaylor stuff elsewhere we're not talking about that um that's not what we're doing and then I think I'm gonna do Willow finally um we 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 recorded Willow it is one of the lost episodes I'll be able to talk about that with you it's a hot mess so yeah I figured you and I could do that and then I I want to do Killing Eve also it's just I'm the only one that's seen it so now that I've watched Grace Anatomy I'll I'm gonna try and watch Killing it's just gonna be me ranting. There's yes. so much. To, it's just so well. No, it, I think what I'm gonna do is talk about like season one and season two by themselves, and then just loop two, three, and four, and just the anger will escalate. This, this actually <laughs> might have to be a, a Theora only episode. It I might don't think it, anybody could. right. It might just be me talking, which is and then I'll do like a reaction bad. video either with just me or someone else, and we'll watch the first and last episode. With no context in between. I would love to see somebody do that because it's just... Now, the ending was spoiled. I have seen the first episode, so I don't remember the first episode, though, so that's why it'll work. But yeah, just just to go from, like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Killing Eve to Laura Neal's Killing Eve. Just... Yeah. Good luck okay. with that. That's anyway. a whole other episode. That's those are whole those are be multiple episodes. But anyway, so that's potentially stuff we have coming up. Uh and we might There's gonna be, be a prom reaction video. Kaylin later on today is gonna be filming a prom reaction video. Uh you'll get to meet somebody new in that video. And um The movie prom on Netflix. Yeah, because it is prom season. Tis the season. And uh it's queer. And uh Ryan Murphy production. So it's that it's was not the good. selling. I know, I'm just, it's colorful yeah, and it's know. a good production. Um, I actually did not know that it was his production. Yeah, it's a prime run. It was based on an actual real play. Yeah. Uh, and then we I may be filming, it. we may be filming Warrior Nun soonish. So if you're waiting on the Warrior Nun and you made it this far, like, it's coming, we're going to finish it. We promise. Um, cool. One way or another, I'm going to find you. That's the killing. We're gonna song. finish, 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 finish we're and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gone to musical land, so I think it's time for us to sign off. Thank you guys for uh, everything. Please like, like us on all the things, review us, uh, download our episodes, please, 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 which is really helpful. Like stuff, like the YouTube videos, subscribe, be a Patreon if you want all this extra stuff. Caitlin keeps promising everybody. <laughs> we I need to do it. Put it we do have stuff on there we do we do we do we do we love all our patrons all our friends and hey if this book didn't turn you off of discord channels come join our discord channel we we uh promise our slack bots are bots and not people so cool yeah we have mackie 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 and we have levels and people love leveling up in our discord it's a whole game so (laughs) come join uh the fun we promise no body swapping and uh Until next time, (laughs) see you guys later. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. 
If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.